Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. fuckers and welcome to episode 20 of WTAF of this country podcast first of all I am with the man he's fucked up more Bakewells than Mr Kipling and slapped more drinks out of women's hand than curtain it's Neil hello pal hello. how did you know that was true then I just I just know okay. I know because this country is an autobiographical look on your life <laughs> say that again <laughs> autobiographical how many syllables in that I don't know words are my tool <laughs> okay we will get straight on to our very, very special guest. Now, we've been very lucky in the fact that Series 2 of this country has introduced us to a whole new raft of new characters. And uh, none more so than this gentleman that we're going to speak to right now. Now, he is shit at Battenbergs. We'll give him that to start with. Uh, but he's a dab and a nice Victoria sponge. He also writes a decent wank-fest-filled letter of admiration to <laughs> Kerry. <laughs> we all know him and love him as Dan. Martin Mucklow's workmate. Please welcome Jimmy Walker. Hey, hello. How are you doing? We're doing very, very well. Now, this is the one. Th- this is the one thing that's very strange about this country, because obviously everybody has got a West Country accent. Yeah. So you automatically think that that's how they talk in a West Country accent. But... I'm a cop through and through. I was born and raised in Essex. Really? So, uh, yeah. It's funny because the day I had the audition for uh, for this country, I also had the audition for Poldark as well. So it was just pure West Country wankfest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So right. how easy did you find it putting the West Country accent on? Uh, do you know what? It's not. It's not crazy because I, I lived in. Um, I spent a few years living on the east coast in Lowestoft, like Great Yarmouth way, and the accent's not far off that. It's not miles away. So it wasn't that. It's, and but the sort of the hardest thing was to not be to not go over the top and go like Lord of the Rings, you yeah. know, Mister Frodo and all that yeah. to try and. T- uh, tone it back a bit so yeah it was it was it was, it was all right and listening to obviously charlie and daisy all day and martin all day and uh yeah it was pretty easy to pick up i guess so how did you how did you come across getting an audition for for this did you just apply do, oh, no, do, do you apply for auditions your agent puts you up right my you. agent gives yeah my agent calls me up and says she this was the most exciting phone call she gave me because she's such a huge fan of the show 
And she gave me a call, and uh, I had actually hadn't seen the show before I got the audition. Um, and she said, "Well, I'm really trying to get someone from our agency in on this show. We want to, you, we want you to be the first." So I sat down. I thought I'll watch one episode before learning the lines, and you know, obviously binged all six straight away, as you do. Um, and then I had to do a self tape, um, and I got my uh, girlfriend to sort of read the part of uh, Mandy. And and uh, Daisy's part as well. Uh, and I've done a few different takes of it, sent it off, and didn't hear anything for about three, four days. Uh, and I uploaded it to Vimeo, and you can sort of see how many views you've got on it. And um, sort of overnight, there was about 15, 16 views. So I messaged my agent. I said, oh, I think this is not bad. And my agent was like, well, I've watched it about four or five times, and I've showed it to a few other people, so don't get your hopes up too much. Right, right. Uh, and then... Um, and then at 11.30 at night on a Thursday, my agent calls me up and says, because I live in Norway, uh, in Oslo, because um, my girlfriend's Norwegian. And she said, can you be in London tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock to meet Charlie, Daisy, George, and uh, Simon Mayu Archer? Because they want to get you in to do a bit of improv and things like that. So I had to book a last-minute flight. It was, on a, was out of the country seven hours later. Uh, and then we went along and... Um, they really enjoyed the self-tape, and so we cracked on with a few improvs uh, and went through the lines and tried it in a few different ways. Um, and then, yeah, I got a call a couple of hours later saying I got the part, which was bloody wonderful because wow. I was such a fan of the show. Yeah, that's sort of how it worked. So, so as an actor, is it hard mm-hmm. to be based in somewhere like Norway? Because most actors starting out were normally London-based. You stay in London, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, but it's actually not too bad. It's it's only an hour and 45 minutes on the flight. Journey total is about three hours. And, you know, sometimes if the trains are a bit shit, that's what it takes you to get from one side of London to another. Yeah. So it's not the, it's not the end of the world. Um, and it hasn't. Has, it's funny, since moving over here, I've got more work than when I lived in London. <laughs> right. Which is so, yeah, it doesn't work out too badly. But that's I'm always over. I'm over every other week. So That's because it was voted the happiest place to live, isn't it, Norway? And I, do you know what? I'm really bloody happy. Really? I'm so happy right now, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's the country because, you know, I was miserable in England. I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so after your audition then, Jimmy, how long did it take you to – how long was it till you started recording your episode? Well, it was about – it wasn't long. It wasn't too long. It was about uh, a month. Um, but we were really lucky because we got a day's rehearsal beforehand before we went up because, um, yeah. And so it was me, um, uh, Jer- uh Jerem, the vicar's son. Um, and we both traveled up from London to, uh, to North Leach and spent the day with Daisy, Charlie and, uh, and Paul, uh, and also the director, Tom and the producer, Simon. We spent the day with, um, Oh, my God. Miranda, uh, a woman called Miranda Harcourt, who is the sort of personal acting coach to Nicole Kidman. Wow. Uh, and the BBC had got her in to um, to sort of just work with us, and especially because it's so natural and it has to seem like real life, um, to get that kind of vibe. Uh, and so, yeah, we'd done a great, uh, great rehearsal, and then I think it was maybe about two weeks later I was up, uh, came up about three or four times over the course of two weeks to, to film it. Which was amazing, yeah, it's great. Now, one of the things that that you just said, that the, the fact that the, this country just feels and looks so natural. When I saw you for the first time, this is one of my favourite episodes, the whole episode, with probably my favourite moment in it when Curtin slaps the drink out of Slugs' hand. Amazing. Yeah, 
it's it's I know I know it's all acting and that, but you just looked like the type of guy that would be like a, a brickies labourer, you know. You, do you know what I mean? You just <laughs> yeah, you had that you had that look that I genuinely thought this is one of their mates that they found. <laughs> they said, do you, do, do you want to come and just yeah. like be in the show for like an, an episode? <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, obviously that's how they got slugged, isn't it? So, exactly. Um... So that yeah. that to me is 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 total props to your acting because that's what made me that's what I thought straight away. I appreciate that. That's a really lovely thing to say. But I mean, it's mainly my um, I got to give my dad credit for that because I, I grew up watching you know The Office mm. and Alan Partridge and it's been mentioned a hundred times before. But obviously, like the main one that kind of doesn't get enough credit is uh, this is Spinal Tap, right? Which is sort of the original mockumentary um, and that's where that all started off and so I grew up watching all these things it was one of my favourite films growing up um, and you know obsessed with The Office still am so I've been watching all these things for so long and you know and I went to a drama school that was quite um, na- like a naturalistic style of acting it's they want they want you to be real it's not classical training it's not like a shitload of Shakespeare and things like that it's a lot more new texts and sort of trying to yeah basically just trying to turn yourself into a versatile actor that doesn't where it doesn't look like you're acting you know what i mean mm. so um <clears throat> so that's just how i kind of went with it um and you know the idea that less is more and with this show like even though there are some completely outlandish moments you know it's so much about that less is more in every aspect of this show you mm. know and that's what makes it so brilliant mm. did you get to hang with many of the cast and crew I had a great time. Yeah, we. Um, I uh, went up and because I was staying at a different, I was staying at a hotel just outside of Northleach, um, and the rest of the cast and crew were all staying on a. Um, uh, what, what do you what would you call it? Like a holiday resort that was just out of season. So they had all these chalets and stuff like that, um, and I was just getting a bit bored, sort of just sitting around in the hotel. So I'd messaged Charlie. Says anything going on tonight? It's on the second night I was going up there, and yeah, uh, they, they they do loads of stuff together. They have football practice. All the cast and crew have football practice and do quizzes once a week, and you know, basically just get pissed up for about three <laughs> four weeks. Um, so yeah, I went and done a quiz. We came, I think we came fourth or fifth. So we done really really shit. <laughs> but uh, but it's actually because the first couple of days I was on my own and I didn't really. I was sort of just so bored. So I went into Northleach and I went to the pub that the where the keeper scene was filmed, um, just to check it out, and it was you know one of the greatest sort of uh, acting experiences of my life, just watching people get pissed in this pub, mm. amazing. And so I sort of I just said to myself, I'll pop in for ten minutes and uh, just have a quick pint. I ended up standing there for about two and a half hours, buying rounds for everyone at the bar, getting everyone absolutely slushed on the zambuca. And in about sort of nine thirty at night, I said, "Right, I better get back to the hotel." I said, uh, "Does anyone have a number for a cab?" And everyone started pissing themselves laughing. I said, "You won't get a cab round here. You're having a laugh." You know? <laughs> no way. It's just like you know, it's like the, it's like the fifty one bus. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It shows up. So, uh, so the landlord had to give me a lift back to the hotel. All right. <laughs> so when you were uh, in the pub, did you were you trying out your accent then? I, I, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare <laughs> until I was on set. I thought someone's gonna. Think that I'm taking the piss out of them and give me a clump, and that'll be the end of it. And I'll uh, I'll have a black eye during filming. But um, no, I would I wouldn't bet. No, I didn't. I wanted to sort of see how Charlie and Daisy thought it was first, and then I'll take their word for it. Yeah. Right. yeah. So so how was it on the set when you were filming, uh, say the, the the cake scene and that? Do you get a lot of uh, 
corpse in and and were there a lot of bloopers and stuff or you know what it was uh it wasn't too bad it was it's especially when you're kind of you're there and you know time's a bit precious and but uh i mean the main corpse in was in the keepers in the pub right uh, it was, i mean that was fucking ridiculous mm. is the uh the guy who played uh john the bartender they, they he just applied to be in it and uh he's an actual pub landlord um and he was just every time like we had to get a little top up of our drinks at first it was appetizer and then by the end of it he's pouring us half pints of cider and we we were there for about two and a half hours and so uh so yeah some of those scenes we were actually like a little bit merry and so obviously once, once you've had a few drinks and he just and then when martin starts telling that fucking story it's just unreal it's mm. just unreal because we also on the rehearsal day we went to the pub and we all kind of all sat around in the carvery area sort of where he would be telling that story and we all sat where you know sue would have been and his new wife and the whatever the 82 uh, year old mother-in-law <laughs> whatever so he was really visualising it when he when he told the story, which just made it so much funnier. Yeah. But I mean, on the on the building site, no, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I mean, we 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 got the chance to sort of improv a lot of stuff. Um, for example, the um, for example the the uh, Luke Norris joke kind of right. just, Charlie just thought of Luke Norris and thought, well, let's just make a little joke about it. And you know, there's there's a, there's so much stuff that unfortunately didn't make it to the episode but i'm really hoping they get to release a lot of it as well um yeah there's some really great stuff mm. do you enjoy improv improving yeah i love it i think it's i think it's great i think it um i think if you're with other people who can who can do it obviously as charlie and daisy and paul can they're so funny and so quick with it um then uh, yeah it's an absolute treat and because uh, obviously the main key the rule in improv is to never say never say no, like or never change the. If someone says something happened, then it happened. You can't be like, no, it didn't. Mm. So as long as everyone's on the same same ball as that, uh, then yeah, it's great fun. It's great fun, yeah. And uh, considering Paul was never acted before, he's maybe one of the funniest men I've ever met in my life. Mm. Without a doubt. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we can concur to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's certainly got a, a sharp sense of wit. So you binge watched the first series, then Jimmy. Um, what was your yes. favourite episode? What episode stood out for you in that series? What episode stood out for me? I mean, all of them were absolutely brilliant. But mm. I think I still think the. Um, I mean, I still think the first one. The first one was great, just with the uh, with everything about it. Just the the Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen joke. The minute <laughs> yeah. I heard, it, I was like, "That's fucking genius!" It's just absolutely genius. And obviously, and I, but I also really, really like. Um, I can't remember what episode it is, but the one where, you, where Martin's introduced and they're doing the flight simulator. Peeping Tom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Peeping Tom, and they fight gypsy rules. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it just got me. It just absolutely got me hooked. It's so brilliant. Oh, dear. Right, so um, you're at the start of your, your acting career, aren't you? Um, you've had a yeah. few little yeah, things. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, one upcoming one is the Hurricane Heist movie that you're in. Yes, because I noticed yeah. there was a, a. I can't remember where I saw. I don't know. Is your your Twitter where there was some footage of you uh, and the director arm in arm having a good old uh, hug? Cohen, yeah, yeah. So, so how did that come about? Well, that was. I mean, I did that ages ago. That was about. Um, I 
filmed, I started filming that maybe about a year and a month before I did this country. Um, and that came about, that was mental. That was absolutely insane. I'd, uh, I'd just finished um, a play with the National Theatre of Scotland and I sort of came back to Norway. I was expecting sort of just a few little TV auditions and whatever and I get the call for this Hurricane Heist. And it's directed by Rob Cohen who, you know, directed The Fast and the Furious, Triple X, all these mad action films. And, uh, yeah, I just went to the audition and um, I never expected to get it, never in a million years. And um, mainly because I thought I did a really shit job as well. Right. I went there and they wanted, it was all set in the South in Alabama, so I had done my best fucking Matthew McConaughey impression. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, and the first thing the casting director said was, like, just don't, just don't do that accent. It's fucking terrible. Like, don't bother. Just don't do it. I said, no worries. Uh, and then, um, so I sort of toned the accent down, just went to the sort of average American accent. And it's all very much like these hackers and it's a lot like, got to sound quite cool and, you know, whatever. And I'm just the least cool person in the world. And just at the end of it, she just went, Jimmy, you're a funny guy. Mm. And, uh, and I, how, how the fuck do you take that? What does that mean? Yeah, like, yeah. The, the scene wasn't funny. It wasn't a comic, comical scene. And uh, so I got out and I called my agent. I was like, I've got absolutely no idea how that went. And then later that afternoon, I went for a very small part in a BBC series that I don't, I don't know if it ever actually got made or not. But um, after the weekend, yeah, I get the call. My agent calls me and says, oh, so you've been made an offer. And I assume it's for this little BBC part. And yeah, it turns out I've got the role. And it was with, uh, you know, Toby Kebble, who's amazing, and uh, Ralph Ineson, who I've got really close with, Finchie from The Office. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge fan of. So yeah, we were out in Bulgaria for two and a half months, just fucking, just battling 150-mile-an-hour winds and uh, having shit thrown at us all day. And, yeah, and I, I, I racked up my... I don't want to spoil anything, but I racked up my first sort of on-screen death, which was my favourite experience ever. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how it happens. You'd have to watch the film, but it's the most fucking insane death. It beats most deaths. Right. It's mental. I mean, the whole film's mental. Right. It's insane. It's, you know, it, don't expect... You know, it's not going to win any Oscars, but if you hung over on a Sunday and you just want to watch something that's fucking funny and cool and action-filled, then this will be a great film for you. Fantastic. You're also mm. doing, you've, you're also in Save Me, uh, Lenny James yeah. and the guys from uh, Line of uh, Duty, mm. uh, Sky Atlantic show. How was that? That was amazing. I mean, that was amazing. That was, I did that just before I did uh, This Country. Um, and obviously such a different character to, and such a different show to This Country that I was so glad that I got them sort of back-to-back because I've sort of struggled for the first few years of my career to be kind of cast, especially when people hear my Cockney accent, to be cast as these two-dimensional tough guys, um, which is a bit shit, really. Uh, but I'm sure everyone gets it. But um, when Save Me came along, it was like I got the part through and I sort of read through it. And it was just completely, you know, it was for a tough guy, but it was so three-dimensional and there were so many intentions behind this guy and the reasons that he does what he does. And he has so many turning points. And, yeah, I just sort of, I just went along to the um, audition in London and read it and got along really well with Nick Murphy, the director. Um, and then they sent it off to Lenny James in America who was filming The Walking Dead. And I found out, I think, two days, two, three days later. Um it was an amazing experience, absolutely amazing. You know, you sit there and you're working with some of your, the people you've watched since you first ever wanted to get into acting. Lenny James, Stephen Graham, Saran Jones, uh, Jason Fleming, like all these amazing actors. 
So it's quite hard to not be intimidated the minute you walk on set. Yeah. And the only, the only way to sort of not do that is to sit there and be like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm going to not going to steal their scene, but I'm going to do the best I can to make this whole thing work. Because, you, you know, you're a professional actor too, and they hired you for a reason. You're there to do a job. So, yeah, there's no real room for sort of intimidation when, especially when you've got these big scenes with other people. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so lovely, really lovely. And, um, and it's, it's done me a world of wonders them coming out at the exact same time, you know, within mm. the weeks of each other. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's done me the world of good. A lot of exposure, great. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. TV and film these days, there's a fine line. It's not sort of either or as it used to be back in the good old days yeah. when you used to remember that mm-hmm. somebody would move from TV, like George Clooney, would, it would be a big thing that he'd move from TV to film. Do, mm. do you prefer one or the other or do they just feel the same to you? Do you know what? I, I mean, the f- films, where the difference between sort of TV and film, and the problem is there's such a scale in TV and film depending on like how much money it has really mm. and what what uh, production company they're with, you know, things like Save Me for Sky Atlantic, it's, you know, they've got a huge, they've got so much more money than a show like This Country for the BBC. Um, And so there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more time to do things and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, like I prefer the smaller, more guerrilla style filming, like This Country or sort of anything really like that. yeah, I much prefer it when it's like a smaller team. It's more intimate, and you can kind of, yeah, you can uh, you can really work close and get to know everyone. Because that's another huge problem with working on these uh, big productions. You kind of feel ungrateful because everyone's doing such a good job, but you just don't have time to meet everyone and know everyone. Mm-hmm. And you want to kind of, you know, you want to give people the appreciation, like the lying. You know, you, you, people don't realize unless you're in the industry how important the sound guy is and the mm-hmm. lighting guy is. You know. And so, yeah, like, you want to be able to give these people the appreciation and work well with them and be able to talk to them. So when it's a smaller production, you do, you get to know everyone, really, and it's great. And all the, I mean, I'm not even joking, all the uh, crew on this country were phenomenal, Mm. like, absolutely phenomenal. So have you got a a dream role or a dream TV series that you'd you'd like to to work on in the future? I'm still waiting for the, you know, the calls for the... Dan and Martin spin-off, really. Right. Where we're yeah. you know, we <laughs> doing labouring jobs, uh, getting into hygiene. Or maybe on the, in, on the Great British Bake Off, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be wicked. Um, no, I don't know about dream role. I mean, uh, I'm just sort of... Uh, the one thing I'm trying to work on now, which is sort of which has come about with all these things coming out at the same time, is showing a bit of diversity right. in roles that I get and you know I uh, I'm, I was lucky enough to just get a part in a new HBO show called Chernobyl um, which is going to be filming over the summer it's uh, only, only a very small part but again it's it's different from these sort of like stereotypical tough guys that I've been going up for in the first year of uh, year of auditioning uh, so dream role I don't know I mean I, 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 I part of me would like to do some American stuff right I mean, that'd be um, you know, I'm a huge fan of things like uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and The Wire, Sopranos, blah blah blah. Um, uh, yeah, I've just heard they're making a new, they're making a prequel film to The Sopranos. So you know, maybe a nice part in that. Yeah. I, I, thought I was going to say um, after next year they'll be looking for a new Bond, of course. So uh... yeah. Well, do you know what? I reckon since I mean, if if Danny Boyle, who's directing the new one, has seen 
this country, then I know for a fact that I'm high on the list there. Yeah. Like, I know. <laughs> the first West Country Bond. Yeah, be going yeah. into Q's office and saying, here's your fucking cup, and smashing it yeah. on the floor. <laughs> or, yeah. or I was going to say, obviously, Lenny James has obviously got a big career in America on a TV show, The Walking Dead, and he's just going over to the fear of The Walking Dead. Yeah, there you yeah. go, tap him up. <laughs> mm. i give him a call, yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, Danny, Danny Boyle would be a fucking mug not to give me a call for that part. I'm serious. Uh, yeah. yeah. That'd be brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. West Country Pop, yeah. yeah. Way forward. And obviously the other thing is um, something like, I mean, it's, it's obvious when you hear you speak, something like EastEnders, would you see yourself going on to something like that where you're playing a character for potentially a long, long time? Do you know what? Every single actor who leaves drama school has this exact same conversation about whether they would do soap or not. Right. Um, I've actually already auditioned for EastEnders a few years back to play... Um, I don't know what they were fucking thinking, but to play uh, Phil Mitchell's son, Ben. Oh, right. You know, the little specky git yeah, comes yeah, out yeah. of prison. I don't know why the fuck they put me up for that. I have no idea. But, you know, it's EastEnders, you've got to go. I didn't even, I've done one round. There's usually about five rounds. I did one round and never heard anything back from it. Right. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it, but you've got to be sensible. You've got to say, like, if you do something like that, because, you know, the money's nice and it's regular work, to be like, right, fuck it, I'm not going to get stuck in this. I can only do, I'll do a year, that's what I'll sign my contract for, and then I'm going to get the fuck out. Because obviously, like, a lot of actors have done it. Saran Jones, she was in Coronation Street for ages. And yeah. uh, she went out. Yeah, just like, a lot of soap actors now are, I don't know what it was. It was something about the 90s where soap actors just sort of didn't do anything else. But mm. these, these days, soap actors are doing loads of great stuff. So maybe I would, maybe I would, if they offered it to me. There you go. At the end of the day, it's work, isn't it? It is. You're right. At the end of the day, it is work. It is work. Straight up. And would you here. would you be the first Bond that has, that has been in EastEnders as well? I don't. I've well, probably, especially I if you did it that way round. <laughs> Went to Bond then EastEnders. <laughs> that would make the papers, <laughs> wouldn't it? People, uh, you know, it'd be a wild card. People would be like, "Fucking hell, this guy's mental. He's uh, <laughs> getting for everything." Clearly <laughs> not what he's doing. <laughs> right then, before we carry on, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz now. We're going to play Kerry or Curtain. Do you know what? I've been playing this uh, at home, listening to the podcast. Oh, have you? I've, I've got. I've not missed one at all. Oh, well, that right. now you're really sort of yeah. putting yeah. Your, your 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 neck on the block. Is that the right? Oh, guy? I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I say. Okay, block, yeah. here we go. You've got five. Here you go. It's the first one. Yeah, that's it. Hide behind your little Dalek. Uh, that's curtain. That is curtain. One out of one. Well done. Question number two. The weather in Frankfurt is 21 degrees Celsius. Oh, that's Kerry on that the uh, old flight simulator. Is Kerry. Well done. <laughs> uh, number three. I think I know how to pay your loan off. Oh, shit. Um, is that... Oh, God, I have no idea. Is that Kerry? Is that your answer? Fuck, yeah. Go on, then. It's Curtain. Fuck shit, bollocks! Sorry, it's I'm when that's fine. Don't worry. That's when uh, when he goes into the shed and Kerry uh, is crying because of the uh, juice. Okay. The juice. Yeah. yeah. So he says of course, he knows. Of course, of course. You missed one. Okay, number four. You know I don't like mini milks. You know I don't like mini milks. Um, because that's the that's the oven space episode, isn't it? I think. Uh, is it not? It's not, no. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Oh, right, okay. Um, again, I've, I've put myself out there saying I've got every single one last time, but I have no <laughs> idea. I'm going to go with... It sounds like something Curtin would say. 
It's Kerry. Fuck me. It's in the GNVQ episode. Mm. Yeah. When he says about uh, Mini Milks and the um, Calippo. Calippo, that's it. They have an oh. argument. Uh, and the final one. So at the moment, what you got? Two. Two out of. The final one. Brilliant, oh, she's dead. Brilliant, she's dead. Um, oh, God. Curtain. Fuck it. Go it's on, Kerry. Oh my god! This is when Mandy. Oh, this is when shit. Mandy I... is like asleep with her eyes open, and she yeah, goes. Yeah, I know, but I thought they were both there at that point. They were they both were. there, but it was Kerry that said, "Brilliant, she's dead." Me, I, do you know what? I don't know. Was I even in the show? I, I don't... Don't... What, I... In all fairness, you were in series two. Yeah, there yeah. You go. We'll... What, what I will suggest is when you listen back to this podcast, you'll get all five of them right. That's Perfect. It. There I, you go. I'm going to write them down. I know now, don't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you got coming I've up in the forgot. well I've immediately forgot I can't remember <laughs> who said any of these lines anymore <laughs> what have you got coming up apart from the uh, Chernobyl uh, is there anything else that you so, can tell us what you've got uh, lined up no just the Chernobyl for the time being I got that um, a couple of weeks ago um, <laughs> but yeah you know I'm available for weddings bar mitzvahs <laughs> yeah and hopefully Dan will be back for series three yeah I mean I hope so I mean I, I there's we filmed a little bit for there's a possibility that I might maybe I'm not 100% sure possibly feature in the final episode briefly. I was just right. about to ask whether are we going to see you again because that's yeah. another thing I love about the show is that that characters will just pop in even if it's just for like one line or something. Yeah, yeah. There's, they're not centric to the episode to the characters and that. And I was hoping we might just sort of see you have there. a little bit more of him, yeah, yeah, because obviously they've done the same thing with the uh, Abra's character in the clinic, yeah. Uh, when Kerry smashed her leg to smithereens. And um, so, yeah, I think there's a possibility. I'm not sure if they they just recorded it sort of very quickly at the end of one of the days, just in case they went with this idea. So if they've gone with it, yeah, you'll catch me in uh, the final episode. Um, so, and hope, I mean, God, I'd love, you know, I'd love to come back and do other little bits. So if they if they write me in, they write me in. Would you, so like, to, you, know, would you like to see a romance? You know, Kerry you know maybe what? sort of... If, if you know, if, if Dan gets himself together and uh, stops writing these weird fucking letters, I think they, yeah, there's a blossoming romance available there. <laughs> it's, it's like it's going to be like Titanic, yeah. but set in Northleach. Yeah, <laughs> the first it could be the first this country wedding, couldn't it? No, it would be brilliant. It would be lovely. I'm, I'm still writing, you know, writing them letters to say like bring me back, but they've stopped answering them now. So. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. Apart from that, uh, yeah, just the just the Chernobyl, and obviously, Save Me series two starts filming next year as well. So we'll be cracking on with that as well. Excellent. Lots, lots of stuff coming up. Yeah, wonderful. And of course, everyone can uh, by the time this goes out, Hurricane Heist will be uh, will be. It's on Sky, isn't it? I think uh, they might be doing a sort of small cinema release in right. London, maybe. Um, but I can't imagine it going everywhere. But yeah, it'll, it'll eventually be on Sky Cinema. Um, Around April or something. Yeah, point. I think it's April yeah. the 8th, I think it is, which is probably just before this is going to be up online. So that's be perfect. Oh, oh that? perfect. It's almost like we uh, planned it. <laughs> so you can have a literal Jimmy Walker day. You can listen to this, you can rewatch my episode of This Country, and then take a trip and uh, go see Narragan Ice. Yeah, oh, and you can binge watch Save Me on Sky Box sets. Binge watch. I'm just, it's just pure You're everywhere. That's it. That bond, that bond contract is literally winging its way to uh, Norway as we speak. Yeah. It's got a bond. Bond then he's 
I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. I'm just sitting here by the door waiting for the waiting for the knock, you know. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Well, Jimmy, thank you very much for taking some time out and uh chatting to us. It's been a real pleasure Thanks to so talk much to having you. Me. It's been really fun. Yeah. Um, if you can just bear with us a second, we've got a little bit of uh uh, housework. I always call it, call it homework. <laughs> Patreon. We had some more Patreon uh, patrons. Uh, Grace Oliver Olivier. Sorry, Olivier mm-hmm. Art, Poppy Henton, and Grace Taylor Leach. Fantastic. Well done, so we've guys. Given them a nice uh, shout out. And we also had a lovely Facebook message today. Uh, Marion Pullman said, thank you to Daisy and Charlie for creating the best thing on TV. And thank you for the podcast, which is the best thing on radio. I didn't know we were on radio. But yeah. the best thing on radio, I could listen to it all day, except I'm at work, obviously. But there is always the lunch hour. The podcast is such a fabulous, gentle meander through the episodes. The whole thing, the show and the podcast together, are endearing and touching, hilarious and so well observed. How about oh, that? Thank you very much. I have much. listened to the podcast episodes multiple times, and they are little treasures. So thank you, Marion, for that. Yeah, thank you very much, Marion. gave me a little jump in my step. Oh, lovely, um, isn't it? What a lovely thing for us to say. Isn't that lovely? lovely. That's fantastic. Uh, so you can... Do you want to do a bit of... Can, do well, let's it? do the Patreon one. So Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash WTAF. You can get some fantastic signed uh, stuff from the uh, from the cast. It's a donation page, so every month you donate like up to... Well, from $1 up to $15 a month, and that helps us out with the running of the podcast. Um, so you get fantastic rewards for whichever one you choose to do, and also there is exclusive content on indeed, there. Indeed, exclusive content. Uh, come and follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, WTAF This Country. Email us. <laughs> WTAF This Country at hotmail.com. And for all our other podcasts, do visit pancaster.co.uk. Indeed. Thank you once again, Jimmy. Yes, thank oh, you, well, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. And uh, if you are in Series 3, which I'm sure you will be, make sure that you come to the uh, come to the shed and come actually in our studio rather than us talking to you virtually like this. I would absolutely love that. I'll bring the uh, Victoria Sponge. <laughs> and we'll bring the Battenberg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Uh, this is Pavo and Neil for Pancast Productions. And go and get plumbed, you fuckers. <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Pavel. Hey. Are you tired of listening to generic, boring radio podcasts? Boring. That's good. Want to put a bit of fun back in your Thursdays? Fun. Good work, you were long. <laughs> so why not join us and Kelly and Jen? Naturally. For an hour of sometimes NSFW fun and frolics. Could you mug a pug? That's the real question. No, you can never mug a pug. No? You can mug one off. (laughs) Including the UK top ten movies. Third highest grossing movie of the year. The year is... Kelly's (laughs) G-Spot. Jen's challenge. Jen, 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 challenge, 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 challenge. And also featuring Barry Gibbs health tips. 
There's nothing on TV on Thursdays anymore, so come and entertain your ears. You're funny. With the Pancast Show. Phenomenal. Check us out at pancast.co.uk or you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or other podcast apps. It's all right. Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.